Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Movie Mastery. It is the podcast where we see the movies that you recommend. And this time around, it is in theaters now. And we went to see the poll winner on the website, It Chapter 2, which barely lost to Satanic Panic, which to anyone who was sad that that didn't win because of our System Mastery podcast with the RPG thing, it has nothing to do with RPGs, and it's just a Satanic cult movie. Ah, well, that's good to listen to, but seriously, though, you really need to start curating this monthly list to not let people send us to good movies as an act of mercy. Eh. It's not... We, we got to stop no, that. No, I, I curate it to send us to anything that would be interesting to talk about. That's fair. That is fair. So... That over there was Jeff. I'm John. If this is the first time... I have gripes. Then great. You may want to go back and listen to our It Chapter 1 review as well. Did we do that? I didn't remember that we did that. Yes, we did. Okay. We reviewed the first chapter, and now we're out and about reviewing the second one. Uh, We will, of course, get into the full spoiler review in a bit. But first, I want to just say... I've seen this movie twice now. I can't believe you did that because the middle of this movie drags. This movie is basically three hours long and I have seen it twice. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to say it doesn't really hold up to multiple viewings. Like the first time I saw it, I got out and I was like, oh, that was fun because I like horror movies and I wanted to see the end of, you know the whole thing and, and it's a big tentpole one of these things yeah it's got more budget to it and better well, stuff i i mean the original it from way back in the day tv movie is one of my formative love of horror films fair enough yeah well it's you know tim curry at his finest so yeah so eh, seeing, second finest yeah eh, third third finest, finest. <laughs> <laughs> Which which two are you going to do higher than this? Rocky Horror and Congo, I think, are going to be my two. Oh, see, I'm I'm going with Clue on oh, this one. Oh, Clue, I guess the fourth highest ooh, then. baby. No, I'm putting this above Congo. No, because Congo's great. He's the only good uh, part the, of Congo. The two things above his It performance are Clue and Red Alert 2. <laughs> Spags. <laughs> it's this and Legend. <laughs> So Legend yeah. is the movie. It's so fucking boring. <laughs> it is. It, it, you keep thinking, oh my god, Tim Curry plays the devil in that, and it's like and an action Tom movie. Cruise Tom Cruise is a young kid, and, and then you're like, oh my god, this fucking sucks. It's so slow. Yeah, it's like uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth movie where you're like, a young Kevin Bacon, this will be amazing, and then it's just garbage all around. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah. I've seen it twice. It drags the second time because once you already know everything that's in there, mm-hmm. you start picking apart things that shouldn't be there. Oh. Only, and they're only there because either they're things that people would be pissed off about if you left them out from the book or from the TV movie. Well, John, I haven't read the book since I was 10, and I haven't seen the TV movie since it was on TV. Uh, so you're going to have to help me out a lot on things that are not, are not canon or new to the story or whatever. I mean, a lot of things they put in because they were more canon than what was in like the TV movie. And let me ask you a real important question. Cause this is, I, you know, th- this might be a spoiler for like the first five minutes of the film. Oh no, I was going to mention this as well. Just as a, is that hey, in the book? warning? Yes, it is. Actually, okay. the, the thing that the beginning of this movie is straight up, a 10 minute sequence of queer bat of uh yeah of gay bashing 
Yeah. That that has no. Uh, the only connection it has is you briefly see the clown at the end of it, and the characters, every character involved in it, never show up again. Uh, not true. But <laughs> the, I mean, the main thing is you don't get in the book the full like description of everything Mm -hmm. but it is a thing that occurs it's essentially supposed to be part of the this town is horrible and shitty because of the clown Mm -hmm. and so yeah you don't get that that being the first thing that happens is like oh pennywise is back and he's affecting people because this happens yeah it needed a before not just an after because all it is is just there's two gay dudes at a town at a town fair and then they get one of them gets beat to death in front of the other one the well, end well the the kid who originally starts shit you can see he's got like a bunch of sores and everything around his mouth mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be this like look of corruption oh well it, it came starting. out it, it came up looking like that teenager had a lot of acne <laughs> and he was just a piece of shit so that's kind of where i was coming from I don't know. I was just that's an important thing to mention that the very beginning of this movie is um it's it is a very violent scene that I mean, it's not like the movie is anti-queer. It just shows No, it just that it, it just kills the one person out of one queer relationship and then one person out of an unformed queer relationship that I don't think was canon, <laughs> which means that it goes through and it's just like, "Oh, you know what? Anyone who dies, let's have a gay guy sad about that." <laughs> Let's make sure that happens over and over again because queer death is the saddest death. Oh, uh, because yeah, that sure that does happen. You can't tell me that. I mean, yeah, technically Eddie's not gay, but no, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Content warning for anyone who was going to go see this and who was listening to this first. That does happen in the beginning. Of the, the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to go ahead and play some music. We're going to get into the full spoiler review because I think both of us have plenty to say about this film. Yes. So we will be right back with the full review of It, Chapter 2. Guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are great. They were asking if you were around. How you was where you could be found. All right, it's time to get right into this. Okay, I probably should have said this before the spoiler, the music went off, but yeah. there's a point in the in the middle of this movie where you realize what the structure of it is, and you, you're like, oh my god, there's like four more. There's four more of these 10-minute vignettes. This is going to go on forever. What's happening? See, and for me, the first time watching it, when that was happening, I was like, oh great, because I want to watch each one of these. Fair. But if you watch it again, you're like, just for the sake of pacing, you could really cut out or condense a lot of stuff. This movie needed a lot of trim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that scene where they run a train on Bev? <laughs> Everyone talks about that, and it's not like anyone's ever going to do that or want to acknowledge that it exists. Actually, it'd be pretty great if someone made This Ain't It, Triple X. This Ain't It, and it's just, just that, that scene. scene. That's all it is. <laughs> And then once it's done, it just pans over and you've got someone dressed as a clown just jerking off in the corner. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I also like that this ain't it makes a pretty fun sentence as opposed to every other (laughs) shitty (laughs) porn movie. This ain't it, chief. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. Why don't you lead now? Go ahead. So, So, yeah, we've got the scene that we mentioned at the start. And I mean, we did talk about it before, but it is one of those things that is very controversial. Uh, You know, I've seen it come up. 
several times in discussions of this mm-hmm. about, you know, did we really need to see that? Is that something we want in there? And I don't think it's necessary, especially when you've already got a lot of, like gay panic stuff from the bullies in this it would have helped a little bit if there were more people in the movie that were clearly affected by the corruption besides just these assholes and i guess bowers yeah the that's the one thing i'll say about the tv movie is you get a lot more driven home about like oh yeah one time i was being like assaulted by bowers and there was an old man across the street and he just watched and i thought he was gonna help and then he just went inside like they really drive home there's something fucked up about this town yeah that that doesn't happen otherwise in this movie any other time they interact they almost exclusively interact with children for the rest of the film and and anytime they talk to them their parents will show up and be like oh is everything okay and not like get the fuck away from my kid that doesn't it's it's almost like they kind of forgot that and they just left these these two very violent character, or I guess this is a group. Yeah. And then Bowers makes for another very violent character, and then that's it. So it's like, oh, the clown's back in town, which means the psychopaths are extra extra psychopathy. Yeah, I think a lot of it really is... I feel like they just sort of went, oh, this is for people that have already seen and enjoyed the TV movie and the book, mm-hmm. so you don't need us to tell you, but if you're coming at it, it's why I like having you there, because... If you don't have that fresh in your mind as a thing, you're like, what the fuck is this? Well, I mean, I knew it was going to happen because I also read a bunch of people's trigger warnings on Twitter and what oh, have yeah. you. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't, it, but like I said, I didn't need it. It like it, it wouldn't hurt the movie to have that scene be significantly more implied. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I think in the book, it's basically they just say that this happened. Yeah. But it was in the book also a, yeah, they beat up this guy because he was gay. Yeah. Like... Apparently they're like, well, okay, no one's ever gonna film the 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 train on Bev scene because that's that's you know people don't need to see that that's gross. But but you know what, this extended ten minute queer bashing scene that that we gotta leave. That's that's cinema verite. Yeah, uh, it's it's not the best choice. I'll go ahead and say that it does lead to our first shot of the fucking clown. I guess. Yeah. Uh, which makes it more explicit that the clown kills him in this because in the book it's more like this was just their influence and they beat him up and threw him off the bridge and he died Mm -hmm. you know in this one he survives the fall off the bridge even though he is very badly hurt and then pennywise picks him up and eats him yeah just like chomps right into his chest yeah uh which i'm not sure if i like more or less i mean probably more in the movie I'm going to say this movie is a little less inventive with the Pennywise stuff than the previous one. I'm sure it's because they had to condense more story into this. But all the the Pennywise kills, except one, are just open mouth real wide to reveal rows of shark teeth, bite, cut away. Yeah. Honestly, though, I think my favorite thing in this, like the best scene in the movie, is the one where he kills that little girl that could have been completely taken out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, no, it was a great scene. It stood alone. It was fine by itself. Yeah, cause... it was It was a... And I think that's going to be my first thing that I say about this movie that's sort of the big problem for me, is it feels like a lot of vignettes that get put together rather than a movie. That's very true. And, and you know, the the, uh, the gay bashing scene is actually one of the two of these scenes where you get some pennywise action outside of the context of the losers club yeah which you need because you need the idea that this dude's stalking the town and not just six people 
Yeah, I mean, at least on the first one, you got a lot more of, like, he kills Hockstetter. Mm-hmm. You hear all about the missing children, the children from the class. Yeah, you watch, him corrupt, you watch him corrupt Bowers into, into, uh, into killing his dad. All those things. In this movie, there's these two scenes they put in to kind of remind you that, by the way, the clown also... Oh, he's, he's also doing stuff in town. He also does stuff in town, but otherwise, he's just going to show up while everyone else has little vision quests. Yeah, and I think... Because of the fact that everything had to be separate vignettes, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there's too many. Like, we can't really drive home the fact that it's this town that's getting fucked up by the clown. Yeah, it's impressive. You have to watch all six of the main characters have these little vignette quests, and then a bonus one for the seventh character who died at the start of the movie. Yeah. So there's seven of these things. Uh, but anyway, why don't, you know, that scene ends, and, and we cut to... Uh, I mean, we get some narration from Mike Hanlon. Yeah. I do like... Uh, the characterization of Mike in this. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the characterization of Mike from, like, the show or the book, he's very, like, serious and like, oh, I was the lighthouse keeper and I was here to keep the records and whatever. But in this movie, he's like, no, I've had to stay in a cursed town with a horrible demon in it for 27 years, and I've gone crazy. Yeah, he is a little on edge, effectively. He lives above a library. It doesn't really say what he does exactly. Yeah, I mean, he is a librarian, but that doesn't come up in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just lives up there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's he seems to have gone a little bit crazy. He's well played, too. It's, oh, uh, it's, yeah. it's uh, Isaiah Mustafa from the deodorant commercials. And he's great. He's really good. Uh, so so he does a fantastic job, but he's like, oh, well, it started. So, you know, he, he verifies that it started. And then he does the thing where he calls everyone. He's like, remember, we all agreed that we'd have to come back and kill it 27 years later. Hey, I got to call each and every one of you and give all of you a flashback or a little moment to see what you're doing now. And then you're going to come back and we're going to have to have another meeting where we all remember things that happened. And then you're going to need to go out into the town and remember things that happened. Yeah, it's just a bunch of remembering things. One question I have from this phone call part, because we go around and we see what everyone's become out of in life as well. Yeah. Uh, in the book, does everyone become like Hollywood grade, fantastically yes. wealthy? That's a thing. Okay, all of them ma- that managed to leave Derry mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, we left and became amazingly successful. Okay, that because that seemed to be that when, when you don't have the context for that, like there's no reason for why that happened. It just, I guess, just because they got out. But that doesn't matter. A lot of people don't live in Derry and are dumb pieces of shit. Well, no, it's being in Derry and then leaving it. There's some implication that like oh like part of the whole forgetting thing was Mm. them becoming super famous and whatnot so you can almost think like oh yeah like it infected them with greatness so that they wouldn't come back and that's the reason that mike is all fucked up and poor and everything is like oh he never left town so he just gets to be a dirtbag yeah but everyone else is crazy wealthy because we start with bill who is the kind of stephen king uh yeah he's he's, he's (laughs) just stephen king they keep making fun of him for not being able to come up with endings for his books yeah so he is uh he's just a stephen king stand-in i was kind of hoping that they'd be like man you're none of your books have good endings also you did so much coke in the 80s that your nipples (laughs) fell off (laughs) uh i would have loved 
if they had at least alluded to, man, you you can't do endings. Also, there's no way we're going to film that sex scene in this. <laughs> they just said that when he was on set. Don't say anything else. Just that. Be like, you were real fucked up. Yeah, the ending of this. this the ending of this random movie you're making with your wife doesn't make any sense, Bill. What's up with this flying space turtle? How come Gamera saves the kids at the end of this? <laughs> it's so weird. It comes out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, you have to have read uh, 12 of my other books to get this. Yeah, no one has. <laughs> Uh, uh, but he's like, no, not everything needs to have a good, happy ending. And what, like, <laughs> the thing is, not everyone's pissed off because it's a happy ending. It's just a dumb ending. I'm sorry. I, I think, yeah, it's just a dumb ending. But he gets the phone call and uh, it, it immediately fucks him up for the day. And he's he's accidentally mean to his wife, uh, which is good because his wife says, like, fuck you to him, which sets it up for him to be OK to cheat on her while he's gone. Don't even worry about it. It'll never be resolved. No. Uh, Bill is a piece of is shit. a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of get this main character vibe from him because the first movie had a lot more of him than anyone else in it. Oh, yeah, Bill's supposed to be, like, the leader of the Losers Club. Yeah, he's kind of the leader of the group, but, and, and you know, they've got James McAvoy playing him, and James McAvoy is already a strike in, in Bill is a piece of shit direction. <laughs> I, I love James McAvoy. He's one of my favorite actors working these days, but it's because he imbues everyone he plays, even if it's Professor X, with some piece of shit. Oh, yeah. God, his portrayal in Dark Phoenix of Professor X, you're like, God, you're a piece of shit. I hate you, Charles. And again, <sighs> traditionally, Charles is basically Patrick Stewart, you know, with legal... Oh, hello, pa- I'm nice. Oh. He, yeah, he's like, what if Santa shaved his beard and it was Patrick Stewart in there? That's normally Professor X. But he's like, what if Professor X was a slimy weirdo? What if he was just kind of a dirtbag? <laughs> and that, you're right, he does bring that energy to Bill. Yeah. Like, when he's having the argument with his wife, he's like, why can't you just be the woman I want you to be? I mean, in the movie. You're like, yeah, Bill, I think you also mean the other way. Well, he also spends a lot of time touching Bev from the moment he first sees her. Like, he keeps grabbing her by the arm, and when she almost falls, he, like, grabs her and hugs her for a good 30 seconds. He's like, you almost fell there. I mean, he's got, like, a Neil Breen romance structure to him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Bill. God damn it, Bill. Fuck Bill. That's that's where I'm coming from. Like... It's real piece of shit. I mean, at least yeah. when Bev is like, I'm going to kiss one of these guys here. She's like, oh, I'm I'm getting out of a horrible, controlling, abusive marriage. And so she's like, I'm going to go find someone else. And like, that's OK. I yeah. get it. No, I understand where but she's going. Bill, from. he's just like, oh, I, I left my wife who I've been married to for eight years. And hey, what up? How you well, doing? He, he's just on vacation. She left her ring at the door. Yes, because uh, after her, we, well, after her, it's it's time to go check in with uh, uh, Ben. Ben Ben's the next, and Ben. We start in with a whole joke where you think he's still a fat guy because it's like a redheaded fat dude is giving a presentation about architecture. And then nope, he's on a phone call, skyping in from his fabulous mansion that he lives in. Oh no, it's trash. It's supposed to make him look super cool and dynamic, but it makes him look like that capricious fake Richard Branson esque CEO who. Oh yeah, who's who, like, I can't show up, and also I'm gonna do this meeting with like my button down shirt open slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's like, Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. One pithy thing, and everyone goes, My God. Clap, 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 clap. And you're just like, no, that's it's a lot more work than that to be a billionaire architect. What do you you can't just be like, what if there were more windows? <laughs> it's just like when we had to watch Fifty Shades Freed and she was like, Could we publish more books? And they were like, <laughs> My God. My God, that's a genius idea. We'll sell more books. <laughs> yeah. 
It doesn't sell. It just suggests that he's a billionaire architect, hot dude, and it, that's the end of that. I mean, honestly, what it sells is he's not a billionaire architect. He's a billionaire that owns an architecture firm. That's Yeah, there, there's that. And that, as soon as he turns off that little TV, everyone's going to be like, God damn, that guy. <laughs> of course we're going to put more windows in. That's not an interesting insight. Yeah, the whole thing was like, hey, can we put more walls so we can get more retail space? And he was like... But then you'll close off the flow, and this won't be mm-hmm. inviting. You're It'll like, be a prison. Yeah. And people want to escape from prison. You're like, yeah, no, it's it's just a building with some stores in it. No one's going to give a fuck. Well, there's no suggestion of what it is. He's like, I want this to be a meeting place, a gathering, a peaceful place for everyone to come together. And you're like, yeah, okay, but, but this is, is there- like <laughs> a, a sort of... I want to say 30-story, like looks like either tower. an ap- apartment building or a like building for various companies to be at. Yeah. This isn't going to be either of those things. No. I don't know what you're talking they're about. They're like, all right, sure, fine. We'll build an open office Cinnabon in there. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no wall Cinnabon. We get to watch you make them. <laughs> it's disgusting, and it's your fault. <laughs> Everyone hates it, and they hate you. <laughs> all right, so... So that's him. He gets the phone call. He's pretty simple. Uh, then we do Bev. And Bev, I, I assume this is also in the book. And it's yes. pro- it's it's almost definitely because she had a uh, abusive father that, that she's moved on to an abusive husband. Uh, she is living in straight up in mansion land. Oh, yeah. She's a famous fashion designer. That's good to hear because in the movie, the movie doesn't tell us that. In the movie, she's a rich wife. <laughs> No, there's never a suggestion that she has any kind of job at all. Oh, no, there is. There's one throwaway thing of Rogan Marsh. My wife's closet is half of your stuff. Oh, okay. That's fair. That did happen. And I was thinking that that was like her and her husband's names and that he was probably he was the rich one because you never see her do any work. No, but then I mean, what are we going to do? Join her as she goes to the office? I guess. I mean, in the TV movie, that's where she gets the call is the office. But. Right. Well, here we have to do this so we can have yet another brutal uh, sexual assault. Uh, in this case, his, it's her husband whipping her with a belt and yelling about how she's a liar and stuff. Yeah. So she straight whacks him in the head with several things. Yeah. And then runs away uh, and it leaves her ring at the door and is off. Yeah. Uh, then we do Eddie, who is a... Uh, insurance adjuster yeah he's a risk analyst and he gets into a car crash once he gets called because he's so freaked out his wife is some is kind of a stand-in for his mother yes yeah she's still hypochondria uh she's got overprotective overprotective and and uh demanding yeah and then uh richie is a stand-up comic and he throws up when he gets the news and then fucks up on stage because he's so messed up Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Richie is an interesting change, because in the book, if I'm not wrong, he's a stand-up, not, he's a DJ. Uh, I can't remember from the book. He is a stand-up in the TV movie, ah. but it's been at least 10 years since I've read the book. Okay, because yeah, in the book, I'm pretty sure that he's a he's a radio DJ, which is exactly, moving him to stand-up comic is the right move, because there's just not that many shock jocks left that anyone would give no, a shit about. I mean, when you said it, and like, oh, this takes place in like 1986 or something, you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you mean the adult part takes place in like 1986 or something? Yes, for the yeah. book. Okay. Uh, yeah, because this movie takes place in the modern day, like right now-ish. Yeah, because they basically just took the point where the book would take place in the movie, uh, or in the adult part, move that to the kid part, move the adult part to now. Yes. Uh, and when does tomorrow happen? <laughs> tomorrow never dies. <laughs> you see, because... When is now? <laughs> the 80s are the 50s of now. <laughs> 
so uh so yeah uh that, that that's everybody and then stan oh stan right stan is just generically rich his we, wife is asking if it's okay. We have no idea what he does in the movie. No, they ju- his wife just asks if they can take a trip to Buenos Aires, and he goes, yes, we can. And she goes, yay, we're going to Buenos Aires. Yeah, he's, you know, he just sort of looks like a nebbish little guy. He's doing a crossword, or not a crossword, a uh, puzzle. puzzle. He's doing a, 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 a jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle. puzzle. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. And then he gets the call, and he is the one who can't do it. Yeah, so uh, he because- goes and kills himself in the bathtub. Uh, splitting open his wrists, mm-hmm. which the the uh, juxtaposition of that and the whole making the promise with the cutting of the palm thing, it was very good. Yeah. I liked it as a well-shot scene. Uh, again, this is just a lot of little vignettes. That one happened to be very well done. Yes. Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Uh, and then, you know, they all get together in that Chinese restaurant that had the same thing that happened in the... Uh, Actually, I think in the movie they met the library, or in the no. TV movie, the library first. Uh, only, I think, Bill meets someone there. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, we get, the, ben, we, get the Chinese, anyway, we get the Chinese restaurant scene. Yeah, which is, I know that it's one of those iconic scenes that people will be like, oh, where's the restaurant scene? But you really could have cut that entirely out, and it would have been like, oh, just have a meet. At the fucking like clubhouse that they go to after this, yeah, because it's and just a just second have meeting. That be it. I mean, this one's like, wow, I can't believe how much I'm remembering about you guys. Anyway, let's go to this clubhouse. Wow, I can't believe how much I'm remembering about you guys. And it's just this keeps happening. Uh, the Chinese restaurant's fine. Everyone meets. Uh, they establish their old habits again right away, which is that uh, Ben, despite being a, a hot billionaire now. Uh, can't bring himself to actually talk to Beverly. Yep. And Bill, on the other hand, immediately just sort of leans on a wall next to her and is like, hey there, I'm married, let's fuck. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, Mike sits there doing nothing while while uh, Tozier makes fun of e- Eddie. Yeah. There you go. And there you and, have And his making fun of Eddie is bad. He's just like, your mom's fat. Yeah, I know, my mom was fat. Well, she's really fat, though. Just want to make sure you knew she was fat. Now, I, I don't want to say that this is a bad thing. Bill Hazier, hater is the best part of this movie by a country mile. Oh, yeah. He, I would say, honestly, emotes better and is, like, steals the scenes more. Mm -hmm. He just has a much better scene presence, which when you're talking about, like, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, and you're like, man, you guys are way blander than fucking Bill Hader in this. Yeah, they got- Step your shit up. They both have a real uh, case of main characteritis. Yeah. Uh, where he gets to be a fun side character, and, and and they've given him an interesting change, which unveils itself over the course of the movie, but is actually pretty apparent early on. Yeah. He's he's closeted gay now. Oh, yeah. He's been basically gay for Eddie since he was a kid. Yes. Although you don't see any of that in the last movie. They, they, they put it all into the vignettes in this movie, where you're like, where anytime Eddie does something, it's, it's near him, and he's like, mm, hey there. But in the previous movie, they just made fun of each other. This was this was an I I don't think they had decided on this when they wrote the first film, <laughs> but it's a great choice. Oh yeah, I mean, we never really get anything relationship wise from Richie. I mean, no matter what source you're looking at, he doesn't get married. He doesn't have yeah any sort of nonsense like that. But it colors a lot of his childhood personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the. He was he was going to either be queer or have ADHD or both. Yeah. And I believe it is both. Yes. 
Uh, so that was the way that they went. And, I mean, believe me, that's because I led that life. Yeah. Except for the whole demon clown part. <laughs> you know, except for that. Uh, you were close enough. <laughs> I mean, you basically went and had adventures in the sewer, right? I did do that, yeah. It was a storm drain, but yeah. But yeah, basically, I'm a, I'm a living, breathing Richie Tozier, except fuck Maine. <laughs> fuck Bill, fuck Maine. Uh, so yeah, they get together. Freaky stuff happens while they're remembering at the oh, Chinese yeah. restaurant. All their Man. fucking, all their fucking uh, fortune cookies hatch like eggs into little monsters. So we get the scene after that where they're all like all right well fuck this we're all leaving actually that scene had a question for me there's a part where eventually they snap because of all these creepy monsters and black burning oil and everything coming out of like their food yeah and uh, mike grabs a chair and starts wailing away at the table yeah uh but then like a waitress comes in and immediately everything's gone and everything's normal and, and she's just like what's going on and then just because i want to make sure we knew this there was a oh uh check please line in this movie that it wasn't even from tozier doing it ironically oh yes it, it was it was Bill. it was from tozier oh was it okay yeah. well, he just goes yeah but it was like oh don't don't fucking no <laughs> plus here's the thing i didn't think pennywise worked in hallucinations he does okay uh he pretty much just makes you see things all right uh unless he himself is actually physically present usually okay so it's just hallucination stuff yeah, I think it's weird that none of them thought, well, let's just leave this room, and instead they all kind of cowered up into walls. Yeah, that is one of the things where you're like, get the fuck out then. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'll, you know what? I'm going to go pay at the do at the uh, front desk. <laughs> Yo, uh, there's a problem in that room over there you might want to take care of. <laughs> hey, your fortune cookies are full of baby fly monsters, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get, you know, mind you cut me a deal or you're getting a bad Can review on Can I get 15% off or... <laughs> For the baby fly cookie. Also, come on. What's up with this huge bowl of fortune cookies? Hey. Unwrapped fortune cookies. Hey. Right, who, who cares? It's a good set piece. All right. Then we go on to the next place that they go. Well, half of them are like, nope, fuck this. I'm leaving town. I mean, basically, all of them say they're going to get the fuck out. And the only one that Mike can convince to at least hear him out is Bill. Yeah. And again, great fucking uh, acting from Isaiah. He really sells that like desperate crazed energy yeah and i honestly feel like part of the reason that bill was willing to stay is that one of the things that mike has developed over the years because of his proximity to the bad kind of town is a stammer yeah he he has a stutter to what he's doing when he gets worked up about like what's going on and how to stop pennywise and he has that same sort of thing they don't say it but i feel like that's actually part of the motivation for bill to hear him out it's like oh i understand this particular pain I've kind of gotten over it, but uh, I still revert to it in stress. Yeah. So they go to the library. Everyone else goes to an inn to get ready to leave. Uh, they go to a library. And Mike drugs Bill mm -hmm. and then gives him a fucking vision quest of shit that happened to the Shakopiwa people. Yeah. Here, look at this Native American trash can, and, and then you're going to have a bunch of visions based on seeing it. Yeah. Uh, the The way that they do that is sort of fine i guess if you want to have that be how you get that ritual of chewed yeah i mean the way they do it is that he watches a bunch of crazy imagery of pennywise showing up as like a skeletal crow and then a skeletal wolf and so on uh and they're like yeah this is what freaked out the native americans back then yeah and then when he finally comes out he's like the ritual of chewed and you're like oh good okay i'm glad that we don't have to hear that he just if you if you drink this root and look at this pot, then you you come out of the other side going like the ritual of chewed. No further explanation. No questions. It's fine. What did you see a turtle? Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. 
Uh, oh, well. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, ultimately, Bill's like, all right, well, now I'm on board and I've seen it, so let's go back and convince the others. Yeah. Uh, ben is awkwardly talking to Bev over there while Eddie comically has too much luggage for such a tiny man. Yeah, and we find out that Bev knew the circumstances of Stanley's death before uh, his wife told them. Oh, right, Because yeah. she has visions ever since getting uh caught in the deadlights in the first movie mm -hmm. where she was all floaty she can now see possible deaths for everyone oh yeah she says i've seen all of your deaths over and over all the time yeah every time she goes to sleep she has a nightmare about how everyone's gonna die which is those nightmares have been horrible given that she forgot everybody oh yeah she's just like oh some random person i don't know dies i keep having these visions where james mcavoy dies <laughs> it's weird but i'm kind of okay with it, it because in the dream he's a little bit of a dirtbag <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they confront Bev, and she's like, yeah, no, ever since that confrontation with the clown, I've had these visions. If we don't stop him in this 27-year cycle, we will all die before he comes back again for the next one. You know, so we, it's now or never, everyone. It, it, my whole thought is like, aren't you guys all in your 40s? That's actually a pretty regular lifespan. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't kill him now, we'll die at 77. Well, they're saying they'll die before then. Oh, okay. That so soon. Because wonder, the whole thing how. was supposed to be, well, the movie says it's like a weird infection from Pennywise. Hmm. Stan is the first to succumb to it, but they would all slowly die And then by the end this. of the movie, that gets taken apart because Stan's like, oh, no, I, I strategically took myself off the board. Fucking, I hate that bit that they added at the end where they're like what that oh no stan was actually a hero and i'm yeah. like fuck you you mean that's that three minute speech at the end that he gets gets to give that is literally the speech from any given john hughes movie yes the important thing about losers is that losers stick together you gotta be yourself and if you find someone stick with them and let me just go through each one of you and tell you what your epilogue is in and this that's letter why I each wrote. one of us is a princess <laughs> and a basket case <laughs> and a mic <laughs> and a mic that's a hot mic you got there so but yeah the movie now ends with a straight up john hughes 80s movie speech Ugh. uh but anyway i i was really curious but what if they all were like no nah, i'm fucking rich and powerful and, and i don't live in Derry, maine so that that so it can't do anything i'll stay here up yours mike <laughs> do you think do you think pennywise would venture out of Derry to go kill them is, i guess that's supposed to be the idea the idea is not that he leaves but that there's already, like, part of him inside them. Oh, okay. So there's a big thing made out of uh, the old movie and book where, as well, none of them are able to have a stable relationship. None of them have kids. Like, well, given that all of them married their fucking parents, I mean, I feel like that'd be a good thing. Poor Eddie cycling through a bunch of mean, hypochondriac fat women, like, because that's what his mom was. Yep. I mean, I, I'm not judging. He's allowed to be into whatever he's, he wants to be into, but sure, they're all in failed marriages with their parents. That's like, oh, no, this keeps failing. Yeah, figure it out, dummy. Well, I mean, the only two that are in with their parents are really uh, Eddie and Bev. Well, we don't know anything about Bill's parents because they didn't matter. Uh, I mean, they were around. Hmm. All right. I feel like they're around in the same way that, like, uh, Finn Wolfhard's parents in, in Stranger Things are around. Her, her dad's <laughs> they're, just they're there. just falling asleep constantly. He's like comically stupid looking. Yes. Anyway. Uh, sorry about that. All right. Yeah. Now so, 
they come back from the library and they all convince everyone, hey, we got to do this. They go to the clubhouse in the woods that we didn't see in the first movie. Yeah, you'd think that would have shown up during the whole idyls of summer in the first movie thing. They're like, hey, you remember all the time we spent here? All those good memories? All of those days except for the specific ones that happened in the last movie? Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff that you'd think we would have mentioned to each other during the first movie last time happened. Like, you think Richie would be like, hey guys, did you know I got chased by a giant Paul Bunyan statue? And instead he just doesn't feel like talking about that. Yeah. This no. movie's got a, wor- a a bad case of horror movie, I don't want to talk about it, Itis, where you know, you'd be like, all right, we're all here to kill a demon clown, and we have to do a bunch of very specific stuff to do that, so let's go ahead and state a policy at the beginning of total information. If a trash can comes to life and chases you, you gotta tell someone else. <laughs> you gotta text somebody. <laughs> if you see something, say something. <laughs> But yeah, they got to uh, they got they go back to this clubhouse where they uh, I guess the big joke was that uh, uh Stanley used to uh, give everybody shower caps in here so that spiders wouldn't get in their hair. Oh, cuz it's subterranean by the way. It's not it, by clubhouse it's it's a cave. Yeah, it's some old dugout thing that Ben managed to reinforce and is like, yeah, we hang out here now. By the way, I forgot to mention this in the first movie, but in addition to being an excellent poet and a fan of the new kids on the block, I also am some sort of a childhood architect. Oh, yeah. I love that he then says, oh, there's a a whole camp for learning architecture that's going on. I'm like, so you did this before you knew anything about that. Man, I would love to see what 1989 architecture camp was. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. It'd be like a bunch of rich kids who were like, yeah, you're all legacies. You're going to go to Harvard for something. Welcome to archery or, or to uh, ar- it's archery. You got to do some archery, too. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to architecture camp. Please spend the first three days ordering a butler around. Because <laughs> that's movie architecture where you're super rich for it, as opposed to most architects who were like, you know, it's a job. Yeah. Uh, OK, so. So, yeah, they find they are told that they have to find their own tokens of time the time when they were split up yeah which isn't true considering that ben's is the page from his yearbook that beverly signed Mm -hmm. at the beginning before they were even ever together whereas everyone else's is supposed to be from when they were split up but he still has a memory from when they were split up it's fucking dumb well i mean anyway also bev's in addition to being a little pack of cigarettes that she had hidden is the ben poem yes so that one's directly connected to someone else she's just not sure who yeah the (sighs) the fact that they're like oh you got to go get your tokens but you have to do it alone that's important i was like is it though (laughs) i like how there's a couple characters who we see but we don't really know for sure so what what the token is so when they bring them back you're like what's that i didn't see that before mike hanlon has some rock it's the rock that hit uh fucking bowers Bowers when they saved the losers saved him from bowers right uh and i don't even remember what eddie had because it didn't Uh, matter uh inhaler yeah that's right it didn't really matter in his vision or his vignette quest at all he was just like i don't know because he went to the pharmacist to get an inhaler i guess but that wasn't the scary part no it was it was it was just a thing that happened to be near him at the time yeah they couldn't quite tie everything into an actual object Mm -hmm. but I, i guess i mean the Richie one is really good. Well, Richie's and Eddie's are both sort of like, this is the location that affected me. Well, sort of, but it's it's more than that with Richie. Well, we might as well go through them in order. Okay. Bill's is obvious. It's the fucking boat. Yeah. And when he finds that, 
he also meets another little kid that ends up being sort of a stand-in for his little brother that he wants to save later on. Yes, and the kid, you know, he's like, oh, I don't hear voices out of the sewer. I hear voices out of the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, and so his is really easy and obvious, and it kind of sets up the whole Bill arc in this movie, which is that he still blames himself for Georgie. Yes. Uh, Bev has to go visit. Bev's is the stupid. No, maybe. I don't know. It's almost the stupidest. <laughs> uh, she goes. Vi- she goes to visit her old, her dad's old apartment. Her father has died, which she apparently didn't know about. Uh, and there is a old woman there who is Pennywise. Yes. And, and so she sits down with the old woman for tea and to look around the house. She digs up a floorboard to get like her old cigarettes and poem that were, that she hid. Yeah, she's got the poem and cigarettes and whatever in a baseboard somewhere yeah and the whole time the uh pennywise old lady is kind of sneaking around in the background it's actually really nice cool shots but then at the end the scary thing is that she runs out as like a giant witch <laughs> giant a naked witch cgi like looks like a looks like a titty golem it's it yeah it really is like a a tall golem that is tittied yeah be tittied it's golem. Bi- it's a big old titty golem and, and i i I was so disappointed because when you see that scene in the trailers, it sort of ends and you see like the back of the feet Mm -hmm. running towards her. And I was like, that would be way more interesting if instead of a goofy giant CGI thing, it was the old lady, but she was all fucked up. Yeah. You do see her shuffling around naked in the background as she's getting ready to make her like transformation, I guess. Oh, yeah. And it also does have a very good horror movie sequence, which is uh, at the moment when she stops or when she switches into the Pennywise voice, uh, you hear the thumps of her running a long time before you see her arrive. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's well done shock. Yeah, no, but the thing that comes out is stupid looking. The scene is so well done up to that point, and then you're like, "Oh, you went with a big dumb CGI thing, and it mm-hmm. it's just not a good payoff." Yeah, there's even a there's a spot where the old lady snaps at her because she's hey, like, "Quit being so damn polite." Yeah, and it's it's a it's a well done snap. The whole thing is really good, and then it ends with the titty golem, and it's not yeah. fantastic. Okay, Richie's is the one I really like and want to talk about. Uh, in his, he's playing Street Fighter 1 at an old arcade with some random kid, Yeah, and it is obvious that he has a crush on the kid. So when the kid gets up to leave, uh, he's like, hey, you want to keep playing? And offers him a token, Yeah, which becomes the, his his token. Yeah, he's like, you know, you can, you can stay here with me and keep playing. And the kid's like, hey, I'm almost into it, but then he realizes- He sees his cousin Bowers yeah. show up, and he has to be like- Oh shit! I have to not be associated with this. I have to save face, and you can tell he's obviously into it until that that moment, and then he code switches into being an asshole, so he he doesn't get beat up by his weird cousin. Yeah. So so he's like, oh fuck you, queer, and then you know, uh, Richie gets run out of the building. Yeah. And I mean, the only reason the right after that we get the uh, Paul Bunyan thing is because people have been wanting that from the book forever. And they're like, great, here you go. Here's he, He's attacked by Paul Bunyan. There he's you attacked go. by a big fiberglass statue of Paul Bunyan, and it looks ridiculous. I mean, I guess it, it's something for Richie Tozier to do. Yeah, because in the first movie, the whole thing was, oh, it never bothered Richie. Yeah. Like, until it finally showed up for the group, he was just like, yeah, I never saw shit. Yeah. And then as an adult, he also was just kind of like, Nah, nothing happened to me. Yeah. So they needed something. They add a scene in this one with the at the Paul Bunyan statue where uh, Pennywise is there, and he's basically th- taunting him by being like, I know your secret. So when the person gives him the flyer for 
like oh yeah, oh, that was R.I.P. Richie Tozier. Yeah, his death thing. That was the guy who got killed. The gay guy who got killed at the beginning of the movie. Who oh, hands it okay. to him. He's, he's a zombie it's, now. It's all part of the whole. You're repressing the gay side of you, right? And so the dead person who gives him that is the person from the beginning. Yes, that does that does add up. But yeah, Pennywise comes out and kind of threatens him a little bit and is like, "Oh, why don't you tell them?" And you know, honestly, uh, Skarsgård does a really good job as. I fucking love Skarsgård as this, mm-hmm. as it in this because I feel like that needs a mention at some point. Yeah, he does such a great job of really committing to everything. Yeah, and in the Bev scene, we didn't mention this. The Bev scene sh- it shows that Pennywise was like this old lady's dad a long time ago, and that we get a shot of him out of makeup, putting the clown makeup on. Like, basically, the actual for real Pennywise that he took the shape of eventually yes. was like, oh yeah, he was also a re- weird, fucked up, crazy clown guy. Yeah, and he's like cutting his face up to make the makeup. It's it's cool. It's a, it's a neat shot, and it's f- kind of weird to see Skarsgård doing the face and not, there's no CGI, there's nothing. It's just him slapping makeup on and going like, oh, I'm going to kill you at some point. <laughs> Honestly, that's why the little vignette of the little girl he kills mm-hmm. is so good. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's a lot because, of him talking, and it's really smooth. Oh, yeah, it's, and it's because you see him not just attack someone he's like oh a kid and i kill them mm-hmm. like he actually manipulates them mm-hmm. and like plays on their own insecurities where he's like oh i i'm hiding because i didn't want you to see my face because everyone makes fun of me yeah because the little girl has this big birthmark on her face yeah and he's like oh i could just blow that away oh, he does such a good job in that scene too yeah and that that final, like, stopping between the count of two and three. Just sitting there drooling, and he looks like a total creep. Yeah, it's really uh, well done. Yeah. No, he's fantastic in this, and there's not enough of him in this. Uh, okay, so that's that's Tozier's. Tozier gets the uh, the old token because he's going to use that. Uh, ben already has his token, but he goes back to the school anyway to remember a time that, <laughs> that was stupid. Pennywise showed up as Bev to fuck with him. Yeah. A long time ago, Pennywise showed up as Bev the Ghost Rider to mess with his head at a film class. Yeah, because they also needed to include the Kiss Me Fat Boy line from the TV movie, mm-hmm. which is why that is in there. Although, again, fucking Skarsgård's, nobody wants to kiss the fat boy. Yeah, he's got an amazing voice for that sort of thing. I- I'm kind of sad that they gave the beep beep Richie to Bev. Ugh. <laughs> And for no reason. No and reason. It's just in the middle of a room somewhere, and she just goes, beep, beep, Richie, and that's it. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't even established in the first movie. In the first movie, the only one who says it is Pennywise during the Nybolt House thing. Oh, I thought that was in the library, in the, in the TV movie, rather. Oh, the... In the, t- uh, in the TV movie, I thought it was... In the TV movie, they say, beep, beep, Richie, a lot. Oh, that's right, because it's his catchphrase as a DJ or whatever it is. Well, it's what they would say to him to be like, yo, shut up, Richie. They'd oh. say, beep, beep. Oh, okay. But in this, they don't establish that that's a thing they say, and the only time you hear it in the first one is when he jumps out of a fucking coffin in the Nybolt house. Yeah, I, those callback things always take me right out of whatever I'm watching. I know they're cute, and people expect them. Like, I, I was watching the new Dark Crystal yesterday, oh. and, uh, and there was an episode where... Agra was talking to the scientist Skeksis and she was like you used to be friends and Mark Hamill who's doing scientist is like another time another place and you're like come on man in the age of wonder (laughs) this land was green and verdant before the crystal pact (laughs) he only says another time another place sadly 
I would love Mark Hamill saying the whole beginning of that of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would just want Mark Hamill to say that to me. I would like Mark Hamill to just read me the script to the first Dark to the Dark Crystal movie. Uh, he's so good as the song. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, uh, we got to go through. Uh, yeah, he gets scared in the school again because he has he has this memory of this time where Bev, a fake uh, demon Bev, was mean to him, uh, which was good before she turned into Ghost Rider. Yeah, but the whole idea of like, oh yeah, Pennywise just shows up to specifically fuck with you is my favorite thing in this. Yeah, like, she's just mean to him. He, like, he leans in for a kiss, and she's like, ew, no. Why would I ever want to do anything with someone as fat and gross and terrible as you? And you're like, fuck, that's me. It would have been more damaging to him if you had then left Pennywise than reveal that you were the clown. Yeah. Because then he would have just been like, oh, everything sucks, and I can't go join the group again. Yes. So in in his vision, he goes and he hides in his locker uh, with a huge. His locker's huge on the inside because there's a full size poster of a new kid on the block behind him. Yes, and I there was they kept panning away and back to that poster over and over again. And like the third pan. Oh back, yeah, I thought the Pennywise. poster was gonna be like turn and look at him. I like, was really hoping that we got like a Wahlberg cameo or something. You know, just, oh yeah, get a Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> shows up as Pennywise. Come on! For like a split second, because they have a Donnie Wahlberg post and they just get the real t- <laughs> for, for this one one shot. Just, ah, gotcha. Ah, gotcha. That's me, Donnie Wahlberg. Goodbye! <laughs> but no, they pan back and it's just Pennywise standing there and then he gets chased out of the school and that's the end of his one. Uh, Mike has to go and re- remember that time he was sitting in a hallway on a bike while his family burned alive. Yeah, I mean, his is mostly just a memory he has rather than an actual vignette. Yeah, because he already has his yeah. shit together. It's fine. Uh, uh, Eddie, Eddie goes the- to the uh, the pharmacy to pick up his token and then remembers the time he went into the basement of the pharmacy. Uh, this is really one where I feel like he would have mentioned this. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw my mom strapped to a thing. Uh, and then the leper that I saw before was attacking her and at least that one i'm like that's fucked up because the whole vision is you couldn't save your mother and except like, that his mother was fine oh no she died I mean, a few years later it was all hallucination but yes but i'm saying as far as fucking a kid up being like what's the vision you had oh the thing i'm afraid of kills my mother yeah. is what i see like that's fucked up then as an adult he has to confront the leper that was down in the, in the basement again uh only this time he straight up is like Fuck you yeah. and starts choking it out. This this is the biggest take you out of the movie moment in the movie, uh, because right as he fini- almost finishes choking the leper to death, the le- the leper like fires super barf at him. Yeah, just, and just it- black vomit liquid. And for some reason, the AM Gold song "Angel of the Morning" starts playing for five seconds. That is one of the other complaints about this. Is the movie has a problem of wanting humor to be injected into scenes a lot Mm -hmm. which makes it so that several moments don't land the way they should because the movie tries to interject and this is one of them there are several other ones where even when the line from bill Hader is richie is good Mm -hmm. you're like oh he's just like undercuts any tension there was by doing it for some reason it's eddie scenes over and over again for me because there's this one where you get this brief snippet of angel of the morning yeah uh which both ends starts and ends dramatically abruptly oh it's like a three second clip yeah it's the weirdest thing and the barf scene both starts before the am gold stars playing and keeps going after it stops yeah, it's the I, weirdest thing. Yeah. It's almost like it was a mistake. It, it was a bad choice. I'll yeah. say that. And then the other one is is uh, he gets the line to uh, ba- to Bowers after he stabs him. Where he's oh like, yeah, yeah. Cut your cut, cut your fucking mullet, man. It's been like thirty years. Yeah. And you're like, 
don't cheapen. You the- just got stabbed through the face and then stabbed him in the chest. Yeah. You don't stop to quip at him. I know. I don't, it was such a weird moment. Um, at least when in the opening scene of the film with the, with the gay bashing scene, like the, the, gay, the guy getting beat up is like, I still hate your hair. He's like, but that's an act of defiance. That's, yes. not, that's not a quip. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's everyone's tokens. Uh, uh, Stanley Uris, uh, which is which the, they got the head but, thing we but, already said. But we do have to watch Tozer go sit in a synagogue and remember a time he was at a. That's uh, later. Oh, was okay. That's fair. when he was going to leave. Oh, all right. Um, uh, so yeah, they get their tokens together, and that's when Bauer attacks. He stabs Eddie through the cheek mm-hmm. into his mouth. We've also watched Bauer's escape from from prison, being driven around by zombie Hoxtetter. Yeah, I just put that just. It's all fine. It does. He barely registers in this film at all. It's true. And the thing is, the guy playing him is good. Sure. Like, he plays a very convincing grown-up Bowers. Yes. Uh, but he is exceedingly spare in this film. He's in the movie for almost a minute. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, he, he shows up, stabs Eddie in the cheek. Eddie hides behind a shower curtain, pulls a knife out of his face, and stabs Bowers in the chest with it. Who then jumps out a window and takes the knife out of his own chest and just doesn't seem to give a shit well yeah because he's at least completely insane well also because he's at least a little bit pennywise powered he's all all juiced up on that pennywise yeah now that doesn't mean he's invincible because he's gonna get taken out two scenes from now anyway yeah uh but yeah they're like oh my gosh okay well now we're all committed to doing this does everyone have their tokens great well here's the deal everyone gets to look at this trash can that that uh mike has from these native americans and and uh as soon as they get together Fucking Bill sees a skateboard from the kid that he was talking to earlier, right. and it says, you're not going to be there for him either. Yeah, and he's like, well, fuck this. I have to go. I have to go be a big damn hero, guys. Excuse me. And they're like, no, let's Excuse all Excuse me, together, I'm the horror- protagonist. I have to get to the fair and save this kid. Oh, but but horror movie convention. Why don't we all sit together? No, that doesn't make any sense to me. Also, I'm going to ride my bike there. Because, by the way, another thing, he gets his old bike back from fucking Stephen King in a cameo in this film. Uh and then he rides his bike all over town for the whole rest of the movie. Yes. Even in situations where it would make very good sense, like this one, for him to drive to the fucking fair. Yep. But no. He rides there on his decrepit-ass old bike. Yeah. So he goes off to go try and save this kid, uh, and he gets to the uh, carnival pretty much just in time to see the kid uh, give his tickets to a guy and go into the funhouse. Yeah, go into the clown-themed funhouse uh, where he gets the, into a hall of mirrors. and Yeah, the uh, clown boppers, like the little swinging pendulum things, are all dressed as Pennywise from the TV movie, which mm-hmm. is a nice little thing. Yeah, it was all very cute. And it ends in a big one of those hall of mirrors scenes where the hall of mirrors is like way better than an actual one is in life. Yeah. Just like, say which for... Which is fine because no, it's, fine. it's being fucked with it's, by Pennywise. It's Pennywise. It's just like, what's the, the Batman one that ends in a hall of mirrors? It's... Uh, uh dark it's not dark night it's it's uh the the uh, killing joke killing yeah. joke has a big hall of mirror scene in it where you're like batman just look at the fucking ground you're not you're, there you're is, too smart to be falling for all this mirror nonsense there's a key and peel bit about a serial killer in a hall of mirrors that is fantastic i'm not going to say anything else just go watch it it's wonderful i'll check it out um so anyway you're certainly goes right to about drax that. them's clowns <laughs> oh yeah what if a terry's getting froggy <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he he tries to save this kid. If you again, if you've seen any of the trailers, you've seen this. But he ends up getting caught on the other side of one of the like see-through glass things 
And he just sort of has to watch as Pennywise pops a kid like a blood balloon, like straight up murders this kid. Yes. Um, Okay. So then he leaves and he's getting on his bike to go tell everyone else. He's like, oh, my man pain or whatever. But meanwhile, Tozier was like, fuck this dude. I don't want to be involved if Bowers involved. So he gets to he sneaks out to his car and tries to leave. That's when he gets over to the synagogue and has a memory of this time that Stan essentially during his uh, bar mitzvah was like, hey, you know what? Y'all want me to change who I am, but I'm not. I'm always a loser, and fuck you, I'm out. Yeah, basically, uh, Stan Uris, besides strategically killing himself to take himself off the board in this movie, is just the source of speeches about how the Losers Club is great. Yeah. He gets two of them, and they both are bad. (sighs) Yep. I mean, it's just not... It's not great. It's so weird because the first movie, I'll tell you what, I watched and loved the first movie. I've seen it twice. Uh, There was never a point where they were like, Losers Club sticks together. It's really important, guys. Losers are so... It's all about Let how Let me give important. you a speech about it. Yeah. I mean, sure, they have the thing where they're like, we're blood brothers for life, and we swear we're going to come back. But, I mean, at no point where they were like, that's because we're the Losers Club, and losers always kill the haunted clown. No, there wasn't a lot of monologuing in the first one. Yes. To this uh, movie's detriment. So that basically reminds Richie of that happening. He's like, ah, oh, shit, I got to... I got to go back and do this. I got to do it because they're counting on me and I'm part of the losers club and also stands dead. And I feel bad about that. So, yeah. yeah. So that all happens. They go to meet up at the library after Bill takes off. And that's when uh, Bowers attacks uh, fucking. Oh, uh, it's Mike. He he comes after Mike uh, with his knife uh, and is about to kill him when. Uh, Richie takes him out with a with a Native American tomahawk to the back of the head. Yep. And they have to go get together because they're like, oh, uh, Bill fucked off to go try and save a kid. And then they call him and he's like, I've got to end this. He just killed a kid. I'm going alone. Fuck you. And they're like, all right, well, you're an idiot. And we know where you're going. Yeah, so. He's got protagonist <laughs> disease. we got to go stop him before he does that. So they all show up at the Niebolt house. And he's like, I can't let anyone else get killed because of me. And they're like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> just fucking God damn it, James McAvoy. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, like we were saying, he does a great job of playing this character who is a real piece of shit. Yeah. So I they mean, all they all get together. They go down there. Uh, we get uh, Stanley's head as a spider. Uh, and a which part- is a big reference to uh the thing there yeah yeah that's fair that makes he sense. even has the same line of you've got to be fucking kidding me yep which is the same thing they say when uh what's his nuts head turns into a crab thing in the thing yep uh and then while two people are fighting stanley uris's head the rest of them are watching a mirror where pennywise is carving henry into ben's name again or to ben's stomach again well you think it's henry because he starts with the h but then it's like here's to coming home it's like a big long fucking message that's right but then they solve that problem because they have the same tent or a fence stake from the first movie and they They just smash the mirror and it goes away yes and he's not cut because it's all illusions and then they all get together and they still have to repel the rich the uh the stanley head a little more and then they're like all right well fuck this we have to go down into the catacombs obviously yeah we got to go to where we saw him the first time and there's a deeper hole to go into that leads to his actual lair. Yeah, you can see where the meteor that he is struck the Earth and then released the three lights that he actually is. And Well, yeah, he... 
I mean, okay, he's an alien that's made out of three lights and sometimes pretends to be a demon clown to hunt people. There he, you go. It's fine. He's some sort of cosmic demon mm-hmm. that was banished from where he was. The Q continuum, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the Q that is a turtle banished the Q that is a clown, mm-hmm. and he was weakened and then impacted the planet mm-hmm. so he was super fucked up for millions of years yeah, i like this millions of years thing i guess he had to have been in stasis the whole time or like going upstairs and being like i'm gonna scare these what, pronghorns what the fuck what, 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 what? <laughs> well, no for the most of it he was just like i'm almost dead i'm gonna get you you mountain lion and it's why he only can come back every 27 years because he's like i don't have the energy yeah maybe that's even a new thing maybe that cycle's been getting better and better over time yeah um, who knows? Maybe the next time he comes back, it'll be 26 years. Oh, goodness. Uh, but yeah, they get down there and there's this big, funny looking impact set piece with like these obsidian spikes and they get all, they, they crawl out into the middle of it. Uh, oh, right before they get a chance to do that, the titty golem shows up again. Yeah. Go- golem. Which the titty they, golem. They get a, <laughs> uh, we get our, our uh, mix on the line because she grabs Bev and drags her into the water and instead of where before Pennywise said time to float, she says time to sink. <laughs> ah, you get it? And then everyone but Eddie jumps in to save her, and they all come up, and they don't mention what happened underwater. No. They just come right back up, and they're like, all right, let's keep going. Anyway, <laughs> good job. We did it. <laughs> Let us speak on this matter no further. Much like how we never mentioned previously that we were attacked by statues of Paul Bunyan. <laughs> So yeah, they go down to this set piece, which is essentially the final crater resting home of Pennywise, and begin the ritual of Chewed. So the ritual of Chewed sucks. It's just light a little fire and then throw a bunch of stuff in a little bag and then chant chant from uh, light into darkness. Yeah, from light into darkness a bunch of times. Uh, no one runs a train on anyone. <laughs> and uh, they manage to get the three little lights that is Pennywise into the little Native American trash can. But it doesn't hold them because it turns out that this ritual is all just bullshit. And the people who did it the first time all died. Yeah. And Mike just didn't say it because he was like, I thought if we all believed that we could make it work. It was funny because the way it, re- it, it failed was that a balloon came out of there and started inflating. And they were all like, push harder. Push the balloon back in. I was like, fucking pop the balloon, you morons. What are you doing? I mean, yes. I mean, you're all carrying like machetes and tent stakes and shit. Just. What do you do? But but no, they wait for the balloon to get the size of a hot air balloon, and then when it pops, it deafens everyone. Yeah, and, and then, then Penny- a, a giant Pennywise spider is there. Honestly, I was glad that they did the spider at all, and the, and this is a great way to get the spider accomplished, where it's just a Pennywise drider that comes out and is all yeah. like, "Oh goodness, now it's time for all of you to die." I missed you so much, you goof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep kind of similar kind of similar it's a little similar it's a little similar yeah. so anyway this giant spider chases them around but he's just and then we need to have vignettes for everyone again more vignettes for all because everyone gets chased into their own little thing so we get a private vignette for bill where he has to confront his guilt over georgie which he does by drowning his own georgie and then drowning himself yes uh, and then also drowning his own old child self, and then he gets to come up out of the water. And he uh, realizes, no, I was a good brother. Just because I lied about being sick that one time and Georgie died doesn't mean I was bad or it was my fault. Yeah. Um, so he gets that. Uh, ben and Eddie Bev. And, oh, dude, that one, that one's, yeah, that's the funny one anyway. Yeah, Eddie and Richie go find the three doors from the first movie of uh, scary, not scary at all, and very scary. 
And they, they were like, oh, he's fucking with us. It'll be the very scary at all. And this was the saddest thing because they, they opened, the, opened very, the very scary. And it's just a pair of kid legs come running out at them. And they're like, no, it's fuck like, that. It's like clog dancing at them. And yeah. they're like, oh, shit. Go, oh, they close the door. I'm like, what are legs going to do to you, you morons? Yeah, just push them out of the way and fucking leave. <laughs> Just knock them over. They're just legs. So they're like, all right, he he isn't fucking with us. Let's go to Not Scary at All. And they open that. And Richie had originally made a joke about how he wished the true form of Pennywise was a little puppy like a, a Pomeranian. Pomeranian. Yeah. So this is a Pomeranian, and then it gets all freaky and scary. Oh, you know, It's it, a great scene of them going like, oh, I'm not... I'm not falling for that, you bitch. I'm not going in there. Yeah, and then it goes, Bleh, and they, oh, it's still actually is very. Oh, cute. he's a good boy. Like, we're, we're taking a lot of time to mug about this. Oh no, it's scary. Yeah, and then it turns into a weird little monster skeleton thing, and they close the door. Yeah, and great. Yeah. And then uh, Bev and Ben each get their own private hell. Yeah, they get Bev gets sent to a bathroom, and that's the scene that made this movie famous a few like a year ago while they were filming it. Where they're like, one scene in this movie has the most fake blood that's ever been used in any movie ever. Yeah, and it's the scene where she gets stuck in a bathroom stall where a bunch while because a bunch of people like yell belittling things at her. In the first movie, uh, she got a bunch of trash water dumped on her while she was in a bathroom stall. Yeah, so she's trapped in there. Yeah, while the, blood is rising. Yeah, so blood's bubbling up, and her dad's yell. A giant dad is yelling at her through the thing, and a bunch of people who are calling her a slut and stuff like that. Uh, ben, meanwhile, is trapped in the in the, in the clubhouse. In the clubhouse, and this the only Pennywise shows up to visit, and he's like, "Oh no, now you're definitely gonna die alone, you fat boy." Well, I mean, I liked it better because he's like, "All those sit-ups, everything you tried to do, and it doesn't matter. You'll still die alone." Yeah, no, it's a good scene. It's it's fun. It's a neat scene. Uh, but then eventually the two of them can hear each other and the power of love means that one of them can pull the other one out of their spot. They're fine. Yeah. Bev manages to kick the door open on her bathroom, which then leads to the clubhouse and they pull each other out. Yep. So there you go. They're fine. They, they and have... during all of this, Mike was just hiding. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and somewhere in there, Ben told uh, told uh, Bev that he wrote the poem and she was like, oh, I always knew, even though I definitely didn't know. Yeah. So then they all meet back up in the cave thing. And uh, it's going to go try and kill Mike. And uh, Richie, Richie saves by throwing a rock at him and is like, yeah. hey, fuck you, asshole. He's like yelling at him, uh, which is funny because he's like, hey, you're a dumb piece of shit. I hate you. And it's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you, even though yelling at him is what kills him. The, yeah, I mean, the clown. Well, yeah. Let's, let's save that because that is definitely the saddest. One of the, it's the bad change. So, yeah. it And it's a great little bit because he gets all like fuck you yippee ki mother and then he just like immediately goes under when the deadlights hit him mm -hmm. and he's like this slack jawed like yeah. blank white eyes and it's a cool looking shot like the spider clowns floating him off the ground with his open face mouth teeth and then the deadlights are behind him pulsing through the clown into him yeah it's a cool looking shot but it eventually ends with eddie going like this thing beats monsters this thing beats monsters this thing beats monsters and throwing it at him yeah as long as i believe that this like gate stake is actually a thing that'll kill monsters it'll work and he does throw it Right through his goddamn head. Yeah. So that's uh, a thing. Yeah, which, you know, sends Pennywise into kind of a paroxysm spasm, and they're all like, yay, and Eddie turns around to see if if uh, Richie's okay, but then he gets stabbed through the heart and starts to die. Yep. Uh, and they run around. They finally, Mike is like, oh, the Shakopiwa were like, you have to abide by the laws of the form you inhabit, so if we make him vulnerable... 
by being small, we can kill him because he has to abide by those rules. Oh, yeah. If we make him small, we'll have to make him small enough that he could potentially be killed. And I'm like, big stuff dies all the time, guys. Did you know that elephants have lifespans? Yeah, but it's really hard to choke out an elephant. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the other problem was this. Shaka Piwa said things that have to obey the natural laws of the form they're in. And I'm like, okay, well, clowns can't unhinge their faces and fly. <laughs> Uh, and turn into mummies, so no, that you should probably find a different angle of attack. Uh, but yeah, because Eddie shared that he was able to kind of choke out the leper, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, if we can make him get down to size, then we can, I don't know, try and choke him out. So this is how they do it. They turn around and well, they... First, they're like, oh, we'll go back through the opening because it's small. So if he wants to follow us, he'll have to be small to get through there. Oh, right. But then he blocks them going through it and they're like, Oh, there's more than one way to make someone small. Yeah, and then they're like, we'll belittle him. And so they just turn around and start bullying Pennywise to death. In what I have to say is the worst decision to change up how you kill Pennywise, they all just bully him like, you're just a fucking clown. Mimic was the one, the weird one. That was... uh. Ben yelling at him, but you're a mimic. You're nothing. You're just a mimic. And I was like, what? Did you play a lot of D and D? What are we doing? Oh, I mean, probably. Come on. He <laughs> was, was a fat kid growing up. Of course, he played D and D. Yeah, good point. Uh, but um, but yeah. And Pennywise is like, oh no, oh oh, I'm being insulted. I I'm definitely not owned. He said as he began to shrink no, into no, a corn No, I'm cup. not owned. I'm the eater of worlds. Yeah. And they just keep yelling at him that he's a clown and he sucks and. Eventually, he shrinks down to the point where he's like tiny baby deflated Pennywise. Uh huh. Yeah, he's a little fat baby man. He's like, he actually starts crying. Uh, and they're like, well, we're just going to reach right into your shirt and pull your heart out. And then I guess we all got to put our hands on it to squish it. And then we all squish your heart together. And yeah. that actually kills you. And I, I just love. Pennywise's reaction to being defeated in the first movie and in this movie are both just dumb as shit. Yeah, in the first movie, he just goes, fear, and then falls down a pit. And in this one, he goes, you're all grown up. Oh, look at you. All grown up. Rocket power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The wild thornberries. Yeah, the... <laughs> The ending for Pennywise is just still not great. Yeah, they pull his heart out and squish it, and then he turns into dust, and the deadlights fly away. Yeah, and they, they disappear they as they're flying out. away. They wink yeah. out, yeah. So, And then they're like, oh, well, I guess we should get out of here, and they have to drag Richie out because he's so sad that Eddie died. Yeah, well, this was, of course, a load-bearing boss. Uh, yeah. So the entire place begins to collapse, and again, Hater doing the best job in this, he's like almost refuses to leave and they have to drag him out because he wants to take Eddie and refuses to believe that he's dead. Yeah. And then we cut right to uh, Mike calling Bill to be like, hey, no. we sure killed everybody. They oh, go so- to the cliff to jump out. Oh, right. I'm sorry. They go back to the place where they cliff dive because we have to have a scene where Richie just straight loses it and begins bawling. Yeah. He starts crying and everyone hugs him. Uh, so you're right. That happens. And then they're all like, oh, and then- he would have hated this cleaning ourselves in dirty water. And then uh, Bev and Ben have their first kiss there, mm-hmm. which <laughs> fucking again, James McAvoy's Bill looks overseas and he's like, all right, well, oh, I guess I have to go home to my wife. <laughs> fucking wife. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then now we get to the point where, where Mike calls 
Bill to just be like, hey, man, I love you. Hey, did you get that letter that Stan wrote where it turns out that he's a hero and he killed himself not because he was afraid, but because he was like, oh, I couldn't go back. And if we aren't together and united, then we'd lose. So I have to kill myself because I'm not going to be able to go back. I took myself off the board. So I know you think it was suicide, but it was a strategic decision. I'm a hero and I just wanted everyone to know that. Then I'm like, God damn it. Don't do that. Don't just retcon the character. The whole point of him was like, no, he was that terrified that he was like, I cannot deal with this. Mm -hmm. I can't go back to a place where a fucking evil painting sucked my face off. But yeah, we get to watch everybody have little remembrances or, or little uh, moments of the, to show that they've gone back to their good lives. Uh, the last one is Mike being able to leave town successfully, but otherwise it's like, oh, Ben and Bev have a fucking yacht together. I, uh, I really like that Richie goes to the, uh, the, bridge. The, the bridge that was supposed to be like, oh, you carve your initials in here if you're in love with someone. And you can see that when he was a kid, he carved in R plus E and he goes and renews that carving so you have this acceptance of like, yes, yeah, that I, was really I am in love with him. You know, that's part of who I am. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, Mike finally is able to leave town. Uh, and Ben doesn't get shit because uh, we are or, or, sorry. Bill doesn't get shit because we already saw it. Yeah. Bill's like, oh, I'm. My I, shit is that write, I, I get to write a book now. I figured out how to write endings, I guess. Uh, do you see this? I'm writing part of a page from it on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> So and it turned out I was Dean Koontz all along. <laughs> it turns out I would love if what he was writing on the laptop was like the Andromeda strain. You're like, oh hey, we uh, thought yeah. it was self-deprecating humor, but actually it was Stephen King just going fuck you, Koontz. <laughs> but yeah, it opens with it ends with like a huge speech from uh, from, from Stanley Stan. yeah. delivered at post mortem, of course, where he's just like. Yeah, the important thing about losers is that losers stick together. And once you're a loser, you're always a loser. And the strength of being a loser is that the other losers will support you because you're a loser. And, and, you know, each time we check in with someone that while this speech is going on, coincidentally, part of his speech had to do with that. It's like, yeah. oh, if you find someone like you that you care for, stick with them, as it shows Ben and Bev, mm. and accept who you are, as it shows Richie. And, you're and like, learn what? to write endings, Dean Koontz. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's the end. And that is the end. So there you go. That That is it, chapter two. Let's go ahead and get into our best and worst here. We've been talking for a while. so uh, I'll keep it simple. Jeff, give me your number one best scene in the movie. Uh, it would be the... Well, the problem is, it, it's probably Bill Hader... Uh, Re renewing his uh his his uh the, the, markings, the carving the carving yeah. uh that, or yelling at, at pennywise toward near the end there but the the scene of him as a child trying to keep another potentially queer kid around uh with by offering him the token and then being like devastated when it turns out oh, the kid yeah. is i mean it's heartbreaking yeah. to see that scene that scene is amazing and it's not bill Hader's not there uh, but you know what finn wolfhard is is young richie tozier and he's he amazing as well oh yeah the both of them are very good so ultimately i would say that scene the arcade scene is my favorite part of the film and i would normally drop some pithy thing about how it's because they're playing street fighter and there's an old mortal Kombat cabinet in there and shit but no it's because that scene is devastating oh yeah so that's that's my best your best uh i'm gonna go ahead and take uh the the little girl because it's just a great showing of what pennywise 
does how fucking sadistic he is. That shot, uh, that scene should have been the entire trailer for this film. Oh, yeah. If it was just a 30-second trailer, it was just that scene, finished beginning to end, completely, would have been the best trailer you could have done. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could leave that out of the movie and just have that be the, we're not going to show you anything that happens in the movie, but we'll show you this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, that is a great proof of concept for I know what to do with Pennywise. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So you're absolutely right. Uh, worst thing in the movie for you? Uh, it's going to be the pacing, because this movie does these whole vignette, this vignette structure twice. Oh, yeah. For uh, uh, the fact that it's three hours long and they decide to do essentially three different versions of vignettes. Over and over and over again. Uh, it, it just it just really, uh, despite its despite the, the strong performances, this thing drags in the middle. Like I, I said to John right as, right as we were leaving, I was like, if if I've been hearing that Bill Hader stole this movie, if he stole it, it's because he found it in a dumpster. <laughs> it, it's because the uh, the directing is not great. The uh, it's the, the 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 writing is good, and but the pace and the editing is terrible. Yeah. So there you go. What about you? Uh worst thing in this movie for me. I mean, I honestly do want to also say that it's probably the bloatedness the the fact that they put so much in here and you didn't need to they already committed to this whole idea of we're gonna do one kid movie and one adult movie but then they made the adult movie also half of a kid movie yep all the kids are back for a lot of this thing which there's more young stanley than old stanley is Man, the de-aging they had to do on these kids because they brought them back several years later. Yeah. Like, you can see the de-aging, especially on Finn Wolfhard. Mm -hmm. You're like, ooh, you're like a foot taller than you were in the first movie, and they couldn't do anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I did really like the scene uh, that that showed his crush on young Eddie. Oh, the the, the the hammock hammock. hammock scene is so good as well. Yeah, uh, young, he's he's, uh, hogging the hammock, so Eddie just gets in there with him and then uses his socked foot to kick Tozer's glasses off and slap him in the face. Yeah. And Tozer's like, I'm mad, but I'm also kind of into it. I mean, and the thing was, it's Hozier's like, I'm not going to get out of here. You yeah. have to get in here with me. Yeah, it's it was so well done. Yeah. I Like I said, there's so much that's good about this movie that the fact that they decided to just put a ton more into it, you're like, I, I can't be on board for all three hours of yeah. this. And you, you, you think, you, well, maybe split this into three movies or something, but then what's the second climax out of three that you would go oh, with? Yeah. And, and there really isn't one. The That's... problem with it as a book is that the first quarter is fast, ha- fantastic. Uh, the last quarter is okay. And then the half in the middle is draggy as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's, you can get away with it in a book for like, oh, we're doing some world building. We really want to do character study it's a fucking 1200 page book so you know what you're getting into yeah steve stephen king sells his books by the pound and, the, and and there's no getting around it he really is verbose for no reason in the middle of a lot of his books but with this you're like yo it's a movie y'all need to be concise you could cut some shit out yeah this could have gone through a lot of cuts well there you go so yeah uh we're gonna go ahead and each give this a rating zero out of five which will give this a rating out of ten total jeff three and a half awesome yeah so three and a half pacing is a real problem but the performances are fantastic john uh i'm gonna give it a four it's it's really good but there's having watched it twice i own uh it chapter one on blu-ray it is the only blu-ray i own Mm -hmm. and it is a movie that i've watched multiple times Mm -hmm. i've watched you know all the special features and all the things about that i absolutely adore it but this is one of those ones where i'm like 
I might watch it again, maybe, but after watching it twice, I'm like, I don't really feel the need to own it. It's, you know, I understand. I get it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. It's, respectable. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. It's got nothing on the first one, but it's a good closeout anyway. Yeah. I mean, I would say if you like horror, if you liked the series, go see it in theaters. And if you can watch the opening scene of this thing. Cause oh, yeah. That also, was- if, you know, you didn't have a problem holding your piss during Endgame, then great. Go watch this, too, because it's another <laughs> three hours. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Of course, we will be doing this again in another couple of weeks. It'll be a different movie, right? Please. Yeah, we'll just uh, be doing this again in God. another couple of weeks. <laughs> Damn it. I said I didn't want to watch it again. Unfortunately, that's the new format. We don't have to watch it again. We just have to review it again. <laughs> No, we have to watch it every time. God damn it. Uh, I should stop saying the loopholes out loud. (laughs) Damn. You keep closing my loopholes. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, if you've got a suggestion for any movies to watch, you want us to see something stupid and get our review of it, you can go ahead and let us know either uh, on Twitter. We are at System Mastery on there. Or you can go to our Discord, which is pinned on our Twitter account. Join us there. A lot of great people, great discussions going on for a ton of different things. And any suggestion you make, I'll go ahead and just add it right into the list. Yep. And, of course, you can also, for next month, go to the website, systemmasterypodcast.com. Don't forget to support us on Patreon, of course. I'm sorry. You finished talking about what they can do on the website. My bad. You got to go to the Movie Mastery tab and in theaters now, and that'll bring up the poll that you can vote on. And, of course, Patreon helps us do what we do. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Supporting us makes it so that we can keep watching weird, dumb movies mm-hmm. for your enjoyment. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. We'll be back in another couple of weeks. And until then, you have a good one.